Hello, Daniel. Why are you displaying the human emotion of unhappiness? Ah, uh, it's nothing, mate. Please, share your puny weakness with Uncle Adrian. Well, it's just that I love having a beard, but as you know, I also love soup. And I hate it when the soup dribbles into my beard. What can I do, mate? Please wait. Working. Working. Here, I have optimized your facial hair design. Hold still. Your chin is now clear. Whoa! What have you done? It looks nice. But do not take my word for it. Ask Christian. Yeah, no, that's totally out of sight. And talking of the 70s, here's Cool and the Gang. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth. He's Zog. Hello. He's Richard. Hello. And it's all going off in Formula One. The excitement is not necessarily with the World Championship because Mercedes have bagged that and we know it's going to be one of those two guys now who wins the championship. The real excitement is with the guessing game of what the heck is going to happen next year now that we've lost two teams and Alonso and Vettel's on the move. It's an exciting world. It's like a new season of Doctor Who. Yeah, exciting, <laughs> terrifying, depending on, you know, yeah, your perspective. But without Jenna Coleman. I wish Jenna Coleman was an F1 driver. Did I say anything out loud then? Maybe. Possibly. Okay, let's start with the financial status of Formula One. The fact that we've, at the moment, lost two of the teams. First question, does it actually matter? Yeah, because I think we're sorry to see them go. I think it's a great shame that Marussia have gone under after a couple of bright spots this year Mm. and after the tragedy that's hit them this year. And surely you're always sorry to see a team drop off the back of the grid. Unless they're really a bunch of hopeless losers. HRT? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But that's the thing, because you can't discount even what seems to be quite a slow, useless team, because they may yet grow into great things. Jaguar, not very good. Red Bull, very good good indeed. So they are all a hair's breadth away from the right management, a bit of extra funding, becoming superb, in theory. And also, they're a great incubator for young drivers, because... And let's face it, some of them are so young, they're still in incubators, (laughs) aren't they, these days? embryonic <laughs> you know where else are these guys going to go you know yeah. if you've only got a handful of super rich super awesome teams and you don't have those back of the grid teams mm-hmm. uh, and remember Alonso Weber Schumacher all had their first drives in back of the grid minnows yeah um, I think the list is even longer than that isn't yeah, it there's a of lot course. of that going on they get their first chance to shine and often it's where they do shine because everyone knows they're in an underdeveloped, quite mediocre car. And if they can drive better than the car has been capable of in other hands, well, that shows and a spark of the yeah. genius which will be snapped up by a bigger team. So you're right, it is. It's a good sort of feeder thing for it. And, and therefore also, the health of the sport is bad. If, if they want to try and make up the numbers with three-car teams, I mean, I don't know how it's going to work in terms of the pits whether those teams fielding three cars, if any do, will get an extra pit garage or what. I mean, they'll have to, presumably. Yeah, yeah they would. Yeah. Um, but I quite like the variety of having 10, 11, 12 teams down the pit lane and yeah. all the different approaches that you get. And then you get you know, the new season and all the cars start to be revealed and everyone's come for different solutions. If you limit the number of teams, you're limiting just that sort of spectacle and going, oh, look yeah. what they've you, done. You, so it's actually damage to the gene pool, is what you're saying. The lack of variety or that 
spectrum it, of different sense, yeah, well, ills. It's, and it's what keeps us interested, isn't it? Because if otherwise it should just be a one-make series. You mm-hmm. know, it's like part of it, because F1 isn't always the most exciting on the track, but there are these little bits and pieces that keep us amused, first of all in the off-season, but also just generally around the sport that keeps you hanging in there, because it's like this big soap opera. And the more teams yeah. you have and the more the that's going soap on, opera is part of the yeah, well, then there's just sort of more to hold your attention. So you're right, it is it's a gene pool thing, I suppose. Do you not think, then, that having three-car teams with perhaps a rotating junior driver in the third car would hold your attention as well as a great driver in a rotten back-of-the-grid car? Well... That's a good question, isn't it? But I don't know. I mean, a rotating sort of spare seat drive treating the third car like the host of Have I Got News For You? And I don't know. That works quite well. (laughs) So I'm sort of talking myself round on this one now. Particularly, you know, we always went, oh, well, Angus Deaton was very good at that. But now they have a different presenter every week. And it's fine. It's actually quite good because you go, oh, I wonder who they've got this week. Oh, Mm -hmm. it's Kirsty Walk. Oh, no, look, it's Jimmy Carr. I'm not suggesting either of those people would get the third drive at, say, Ferrari. But it would be quite interesting if they did. As I understand I I hear Kirsty Walk's a pretty handy pedal. Quite, yeah, yeah she's, she's good in the wet. Yeah. Hey, as I understand it, the third car, should we get to that, and I don't think we will, wouldn't be eligible for points. He's just got to run it, but you can't score points in the World Championship with it. I yeah, think. I know. But, that might have been the, the case, but... The trouble is, the teams themselves don't even know what the rules would be if they had to run three cars at Does the Does anyone know what's going on with the third car thing? Only no, Bernie. It's, it's, yes, well... Oh, I'm sorry with Bernie. I think it says something about how bad things are that he admitted that he'd probably got things wrong. He, yes. doesn't, he doesn't do that very often. He doesn't do it like No, and not unless there's a revolving door involved. Then uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty stoic about his own supremacy. Yeah, he's admitted that he's perhaps probably, dropped the ball. Yeah. But then he was on the grid at the Austin race last weekend being interviewed and he said... Well, the problem with those smaller teams is perhaps they were spending more than they had. And I thought, well, they were spending a lot of it paying you, mate. Yeah, Mm. and and, the sport creates the conditions that define how much money they have to spend. Mm -hmm. It looks like there may be some form of resolution. There is a plan to create what they call a base payment where... Bernie, if you read that statement that he, or listen to that statement that he made, oh, I may have made a mistake with the contracts that I got them to sign, but if they're prepared to give up some of their money, I'll match it. He's immediately limiting what he has to do by 50%. He is such the politician. What a genius businessman. Well, I'm not sure that he's entirely kind of off being with that thing. Basically saying that part of the problem is that so much money is distributed to the big wealthy teams Mm. and they need a formula that will be more accurate for the less rich teams. The problem is that success should bring some reward. It is reasonable that the teams that are doing very well should do better out of the sport and its revenue streams. The problem is balancing that with the requirement that you want to keep it going, keep it moving along. Mm. The problem is that Formula One is not a socialist organisation. It is quite... Is it not? No, it is a problem. Well, but it does have a sort of vile Joe Stalin-style figurehead. But yes, I see uh, your point. Uh, But was Stalin's Russia true communism? Well... Now, there's a... We're getting, that's a very interesting... Yeah. Story. Actually, I see Which Bernie as more discuss. sort of Kim Jong-un, really. I mean, terrible yeah. hairstyle, <laughs> short to die soon. <laughs> it's, the, the, the similarities are almost are not almost. there. But um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we, and he's actually we skirt to... gently around the suburbs of Libel. Bernie's been running Formula One as long as all the Kim dynasty has been doing it, yes. I think, hasn't he? So he yes. straddles very much. Yeah. But, as I was saying, it's the opposite of a socialist or a communist order. These guys are businessmen. McLaren, 
Ferrari, Mercedes, Williams, they want as much money as they can glean out of this sport in order to guarantee their success. Now, the same could be said for the smaller teams. But once you've moved up into that first tier of Formula One, the amounts that you need to withdraw from the sport to compete with the other guys who are equally successful as you are exponentially Uh greater. So the need for them to cling on to this money is even greater than the need of the teams at the back who are struggling on less than a third of what the other teams are turning out. But that's the thing. Let's not kid ourselves that Formula One is anything but a really big business that happens to involve cars going round and round. So that old gag about... I went to see a fight and a game of ice hockey broke out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I went to a business conference and an F1 race broke exactly, out. Exactly. That's pretty yeah. much it, isn't it? Yeah. It's a worry. Did we miss the two teams from the race in Austin last week? That's the funny thing. We didn't in really, did we? Mm. Yeah, having, said, having just said that we missed them, in a way we didn't. Mm. And if you were that, Lewis Hamilton or Nico Rosborg, or indeed Borg. Rosborg. They have those. Rosborg. Yeah. Any of those sort of front-running drivers, you probably thought, great, fewer people yeah. to get in my way. Yep. Yeah. When you're coming around on a lapping them. And there was actually on a positive note that Austin race looks like a very good one to go to I quite, I I, think I'm quite going there next the year the first actually, year right? that it was going to happen I said to my wife they did a little preview package on the BBC I think mm. and showed Austin and I'd always thought Austin seemed like quite a groovy town a sort of oasis of yeah, not racistness in Texas <laughs> yeah. and um, sorry that's not true I'm sure lots of people in Texas aren't racist it's just lots of them Kinky Friedman's um, <laughs> good, good example yes. of a definitely non-racist uh, but yeah, Austin's a you know, big music town and all that and I've heard good things from people who have been there and like Houston who I, I know someone who had to go there for work and live there for a bit and I think got a bit of a sick of it but I watched this back and thought Austin looks a groovy place and I said to my wife should we go to that first Formula 1 race and she went yeah alright and then we never did anything about it oh. and I really wish we had because it does it looks yeah, really good and all the F1 lot well, seem to come back you know there's that sort of that thing that Formula 1 journalists can be a little bit insufferable because they go on about their brilliant lives a lot in a way where they start to lose self-awareness and get punched in the face a lot yeah and I think they're particularly guilty of that with Austin because it seems like everyone goes there and has a massive party for some reason it's like it's a huge party event in the way that Monaco is as well you know they do that thing where they don't do anything on the Friday so everyone's got a chance to get drunk or recover from getting drunk and Austin seems a bit like that and everyone comes back from it going oh yeah brilliant party brilliant party and I think I bet they have the best barbecue oh man the ribs alone would be worth it I think Austin is a very progressive town and we know it is now because they've got Formula One there in a nation that doesn't really care that much about Formula One. I remember going to Austin in 1985, I think it was, and I went to this club and everyone's really dancing, dancing in a way I've never seen people really in the groove before and all the girls are smiling and their pupils are dilated and everyone's in love with everyone, a little boy from North Wales, 24 at the time, so well, what's going on? I don't know. My first ever experience of seeing people on ecstasy was in Austin. Now that's pretty yeah, progressive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Was it, was it's, it's it legal a great music town. Point? I don't know. I and because I can't, you know these things where they, the drugs get through for a bit because the no, drugs no, forget because they haven't been made illegal. illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's sort of weird thing where you go, yeah, everyone's yeah. having a good time and it's perfectly above board. Yeah, but was it called X rather than E at that point? So yes, it was. That's right. I think it still is in the US, isn't it? Yeah, it's a general kind of street slang. It's so I'm told. Also, someone I only found this out after I'd called my dog Molly but you hear oh, it in yeah. sort of R&B records uh, Papa Molly which means taking ecstasy and I couldn't get it out of my head now that I'd call my dog Molly and I was like Papa Molly she's all hairy and disgusting I don't want to do that <laughs> um, we're talking about the progression of 
Austin and how America has a great music town. Yeah, no. Actually, this just reminds me of something actually, which I went to seek out. You know, Metro, the free paper they give out in various British cities, and their sports pages on Monday. Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? But as long as you want to catch up on yesterday's news in the morning, which is fine. If you don't live in London, it's a free paper. No, they give it away in Birmingham, Manchester. Do they? Yeah. Oh man. But I was told by a mate emailed me first thing on Monday morning, and he went, "Have you seen the Metro?" And I was like, "No." And he went, "Oh, you've got to see the Metro. You've got to check the sports pages. You've got to check the headline on their coverage of the F1." I was like, "Why? What's going on? I haven't got a copy of the Metro. I'm driving to work. I won't get on the tube, so I won't get one. You've got to tell me." And he went, "Well, the headline was basically Austin Maestro." Ah, uh, yeah, 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 I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. All right, sports desk, give me the F1 headline. Well, it was a race in Texas, and Lewis Hamilton's like F1 royalty, so we've gone with Austin Princess. No, it's not quite right. Yeah, I see what you mean. Well, we've got an alternative. See, Hamilton got the most points out of anyone, so we'll run with Austin Maxi. No, it's not doing it for me. Come on, we can do better than this. Yeah, hear yeah. Well, the other thing, right, is that Lewis Hamilton's a great advert for Britain and really spreads that message out abroad, so we could go with Austin Ambassador. Look... Can't we just think of something that says the race was in Texas and Lewis Hamilton gave a virtuoso performance? I mean, come on, this is easy. Uh, got it. Austin Allegro, 1.3 HLS. You're fired. LG Metro, get out! Yes, Metro, we got Jones on speed! There's an awful lot of speculation going on in F1 at the moment as to what is going to happen next year. A, it's possible that Marussia will come back as Mana, which they were all along. Yeah. Well, they have lodged a new entry. Before next right? year, they have, as Mana Grand Prix, yeah. There are also rumours that Audi will come to F1 and Alonso will join them there. That's not going to happen, is it? Is it? That's really? Not super, next year, no. no. That's going to be a super long shot. Well, look, there's no way Audi are going to be in F1 next year. We know that. Yeah. Unless the rules are relaxed to such a degree they can pop but an R18 have... in there or something. <laughs> Which they're shorter cars. Sure and allow time machines. Or, yes. Uh, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> also, on this tip of the defunct teams going back in, Caterham, mm-hmm. there's this link to this, what are they called? Are they Romanian team? This this uh, Rosso? Forza Rosso. Yeah, that's it. Rosso. Who knows? We often get hints of new teams coming in. Do you remember Stefan GP, who claimed yeah. to have bought Toyota chassis and we're going to run mm-hmm. them? Yeah. US um, GP. Yeah. Because uh, uh, yeah. I saw someone on Twitter, I think it was an F1 journalist, saying that the Forza Rosso car was basically going to be the 2015 Caterham that's currently a wind tunnel model locked inside the Leafield factory. But they were all just going to wholesale take that and all the work that had been done on it. That mm. was their entry. I don't know if that's true. A lot of the time when a team goes under, other people, I'm sure, see an opportunity to take over that intellectual property of this car and the work that's been done and then do something with that in F1. But the gap between having that idea that there's an opportunity for them to do it and actually making it happen, both in terms of getting the money to do it and everything else, is huge. It, so the, yeah, there may well be some intentions and ideas out there. It does prove what a monumental achievement it was for what was Lotus, Hispania and Virgin to come into F1. They had about 18 months' notice, if that, from zero. They had no other chassis to buy in and work with. They were told that they had to use a Cosworth engine and got on there and were sold the Formula One by Max 
which well, vanished which in didn't a happen. puff yeah, of smoke yeah, yeah. as soon as Max left. And Jean Todt said, no, no, we have to be ecological and expensive. We have Formula One. Therefore, killing those two teams. Yeah, well, although I'm personally not sure how strongly one should link the expensive and the ecological thing, because personally, I think it's quite right that F1 embraces new hybrid technology. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't do that, if it carries on using the same old kind of engines, it becomes increasingly irrelevant People are less interested in it, sponsors are less interested in it, and it moves further away from what is cutting-edge vehicle technology. Mm -hmm. So it has to embrace that technology. Cost is another issue. Of course, it's expensive if you're going to develop that new technology and you're going to have that new technology running on F1 racing cars. And maybe they've been too ambitious in terms of the amount of energy recovery they've been trying to get to. I'm not sure whether that's the case, but I'm sure there are other ways of reducing the cost of going racing other than just in the powertrain. Clearly, it's a big part mm. of it, but that's not the only thing that they're it spending the money on. It was the powertrain that killed the teams, if you ask them, the two teams at the back of the grid. It's, well, it's just the engines we used to pay for were a third of the cost of these. And, you know, if you're running close to the red line, immediately go over the red line because you spent more than you can earn in sponsorship the spiral becomes ever greater and leads And maybe there. there would have been a way of bridging that gap along the lines of allowing teams to run with a cheaper non-hybrid powertrain mm -hmm. with there being some, you know... Worked in the past, Oh, yeah, I was going to say, because when they I were... I don't see why you can't have two... The 1.5-litre four-cylinder turbos. turbos, but there yeah. were also some V8s yeah. slugging around there, weren't That's there? Right, DFVs yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, we also had V10s and V8s running at the same time, and we also had V12s and V10s running. Yeah. Ferrari ran a V12 and everyone else was running V10s. Well, they'd fought that, because I think it was when Enzo was still alive and he'd gone the heart of Ferrari as a V12 yeah, so, so and he pushed them until they allowed that free pass I think until the point where Ferrari went oh hang on yeah. we've been completely <laughs> outstripped here <laughs> yeah we've always liked V10 yeah. we love them even though they aren't in our red cars <laughs> Formula 1 has to be the pinnacle that is the truth it is called Formula one. It's not called Formula close to one. You know, it's got to be more than anything else. And that's very, very, very hard to sustain. In football, you've got somewhere to fall off to. You know, in football, you fall off the Premiership, you go to one of the other divisions. In Formula One, unfortunately, if you fall off, you don't go back to GP2, which is perhaps what should happen. Or, if they're really short of cars next year, how about running some GP2 cars and giving them a three-lap Well, uh, now, hang on a minute. No, I, well, I've got another was... idea. You've just given me a thought on this. Yeah. Well, what about Formula One Point. and a bit? Yeah, yeah. Where if you're a sort of scruffy no-hoper or you've got last year's technology, there's a bit of a free-for-all. The rules are very relaxed. I mean, if you wanted to turn up with something from the 80s that's still working, <laughs> well, you know, have a go. Why yeah. not? If you can run it, why not? Why yeah. not? Exactly. It's not historic. It's just second-hand Formula One cars, basically. Wrong what you're wrong. Now, we need to keep the budget. And, and, and so let's just run rule. at tracks in Britain. Just Brands, Donington. Uh, I see where you're going here. Thruxton, wherever we fancy going. Castle Coombe, you know, make it kind of interesting. Some tracks aren't really built for Formula One cars, <laughs> but let's have a go anyway. Alton Park. It's lovely up there. Are you thinking of any drivers in particular? Oh, I'm that, thinking that, of that, all that. the ones who can't get a break. You know, we'll bring them right back. Perry McCarthy, he'd love to have another go. <laughs> Tiff. Tiff. Takinui. He'd be there. Takinui. the drop of a hat. <laughs> Sober him up, get him in the car, send him on his way. Yeah. It'd be fact, brilliant. Any of the Japanese drivers of the last 10 years would be in there, wouldn't they? They'd be fun to get oh, back. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah, Sato, Sato in there. Mm. Yeah, it would be fantastic. Just because people would love to see these people because they'd be there for the fun of it, I hope. I mean, we yeah. maybe pay them a bit, but I think we'd pay them sort of minimum wage or something like that. And then they'd turn up and someone would arrive and go, hey, do you know what? Frank Williams is a friend of mine. He's lent me an FW12 or something. I promise not to scratch it. 
and I'm going to give it my shot. There's Tiff in that old car with Jurex written down the side, which he's got going, but he's had to stick a different engine in it, and it's basically, it's like, it's out of an RDRS. Formula Libra. I mean, you know. Yes, exactly. Formula, Formula Libra. Libra. All bets are off. You yeah. can do what you want. Oh, there's a fan car over there. Someone's <laughs> running a rotary engine for some reason. Lovely. I mean, I and it's driven this. by, I don't know, Mark Blundell. Yeah, this sounds great, but isn't this just historic Grand Prix? Or- oh, no, it's much better than that, because if you've got last year's car, you can still turn up, but that okay, would be discounted yeah, from historic. Yeah. Where, you know, because. Yeah, yeah. The thing about using last year's car is you can get the parts, which is always very yeah, restrictive. If you, even if you're running a road car, you know, you, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I love my Lancia Dedra, but you just can't get the bits for it anymore. I think we have to scrap it. Yeah. If you go buy a Vocus from last year, well, that's fine. You can bash that all you want. So that would be great. Someone's got one of last year's cars with the old engines in it, and they can let Taki Anui mm. or, I don't know, E-Day or someone have a go in it without fear of the front wing getting clipped off and then not being able to get a replacement. It would have to be called Formula One-ish, wouldn't it? I think, One-ish. I don't know, I like Formula Libra. I, I think that's... That's yeah, great. And they works, they just go. And also, all these people who are sort of around the fringes of F1, there are always rumours they may go into it. Something like Valentino mm. Rossi, and it's like he's not really yeah. going to drive Ferrari, yeah. but he could drive a five year old Ferrari yeah. in our Formula Libra series, and it doesn't matter if he gets taken off at the first corner by, I don't know. Uh, Luke Padoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading in, forgive me, the Telegraph the other day, a piece that was saying that Formula One fans are leaving Formula One in their droves and going to Formula E because it's less cynical and it, really? it's n- nonsense, utter nonsense. Do you know any Formula One fans who are not watching Formula One anymore and are going to Formula E? No. no. We're, we're interested no, in Formula E. to make a choice. You're only allowed to watch yeah. one. It doesn't work yeah. like that. Yeah. No. I don't know where they get these ideas from. The other one is that Formula a, One a is a in PR crisis. Company. I'll tell you where they got that. Yeah. A PR company. Was it yeah. a PR company for, oh, I don't know, Formula E? I wonder mm. if it was. The trouble is that we're hearing these headlines, Formula One in crisis. And yet Formula One will rumble on as it has done for years. You know, when Max was caught doing whatever Max was alleged to be doing, that was Formula One in crisis. It just added to the value of the backstory. What we watch in Formula One is that business that you talk about, Richard, but also that soap opera that we all subscribe to as rigidly as any person who watches EastEnders. You know, they care about every nuance of what's happening. It's all part of the backstory. So the fact that we're losing teams in Formula 1 gives it a sense of jeopardy, in my opinion, that makes it even more interesting. It's a cruel game, the Piranha Club, isn't it? It is. I've had another thought. Formula free-for-all, that's what we're going to call it. (laughs) And it will be a very uncynical sport. Welcome back to the seventh round of Formula Free For All, now entering its 100th lap. Probably too long on reflection, but it's a bit late for that now as we rejoin the action. It's still Tiffany L in the lead in the Brabham BT52 he borrowed from Gordon Murray, followed by Alan Prost in the McLaren MP45. Ron Dennis somehow let him keep, and behind him, Eddie Irvine in a jump. Oh my goodness! Trulli's Toyota and Badoa's Minardi have both been taken out by Taki Inui in the six-wheel Tyrrell in a coming together at the hairpin and now the rest of the pack has joined in the accident led by Ralph Schumacher in Fangio's 1954 Mercedes and as insurance details are swapped doing this on an indoor car track probably wasn't a great idea after all. 
The future for Formula One is very much in the air, not just for the teams, but for the drivers. There's an awful lot of speculation as to what Alonso is going to do or not going to do next year. There are a number of possibilities. He's not staying with Ferrari. There's no place for him at Red Bull. He might go to McLaren. That seems to be the most popular idea. There are other theories that he's going to go to Audi and Audi will come into Formula One. The other one is that he might go to Porsche and go and race at the WEC and Le Mans next year. Or he might just have a year's holiday. He'll start a bike team. He's going to the moon. I thought... Mercedes, apparently. Yeah, I thought... Well, hang on. First of all, I thought the bike team thing's gone away, hasn't it? He's decided not to do that. But there's still the possibility he might take a year off. He's a Formula One driver who wants another world championship, obviously, and just wants the right car for it. Mm. And he's been frustrated by Ferrari to the point that he's asked to get out of his contract early which supposedly that's been granted he must know surely what he's doing he must have an inkling that something's lined up behind the scenes otherwise wouldn't he just at least a, a seat in well, F1 is better than no seat in F1 for someone alluding. who is, is I agree that it's kind of baffling because he seemed kind of confident and relaxed and I'll oh, wait and see it'll all make sense when he's been questioned about it mm. he, you know he doesn't seem like somebody who's been pushed out against his will. He's decided he wants to do this. He's decided he wants to move on. And if he's been frustrated at the last minute by some detail in a McLaren negotiation not working out, he's certainly not showing it. Who knows? But he has going? said, didn't he just but say last he's... weekend about this? What you're alluding to that he said, where's the effect of when you find out you will be surprised or something like that? There were words along as long as, oh, did Vettel say that? Um, I think Vettel no, Alonso said, no, said Alonso that. Alonso said that it wouldn't be a surprise. That was, uh, that oh, did all, he? All, and my fans would be very excited. Yeah. That's right, yeah. I can't Maybe really then Vettel said something else. Well, there is talk that he would buy into Lotus at some point because historically he's got a strong relationship with Team Enfield and that they need investment. They need Alonso uh, back. They need money. If he was buying into a team, surely he would only be buying into a team which he pretty confident was going to be able to move right to the point end of the grid pretty quickly. Do you think that Alonso is a motivator of a whole team in the way that Michael Schumacher famously was and him in league with Ross Braun dragged Ferrari up by its bootstraps? Yeah, I think he can be, yeah. Yes, but only one team. I think he can only do that in the Enstone team. Ah. He, he did it once and went back there. When he left yeah. McLaren, he went mm. back there and did it again. And since then, they haven't quite been the team that they were when he was there. They won world championships. Not many teams in F1 win world championships. Yeah, mm. fair point. Really. So respect to him for being able to do that, but he seems to only be able to do that there. There is no doubt that the Tifosi adored Alonso. Mm. And there were factions within the Ferrari Vatican who got on well with Alonso, but it was the change of management at Ferrari which has separated Alonso from the team where we thought he could make a difference or fit it in so well. So, If the car would be good enough to be getting results, that wouldn't have made a difference, I think. Mm. True. So let's say, for the sake of argument, Fernando Alonso goes to Lotus and mm-hmm. embarks on some mission to make them world champions again. Mm-hmm. That means he's not going to McLaren. Yeah. So does that mean that Jensen Button can yes. stay at McLaren? Because here's a funny thing. On Sunday, during the American race, I was tweeting my usual nonsense, and I tweeted something. I was, I was trying to be serious for a moment, just because I said, fair play, Button has shown some strong driving in a mm. mediocre car, and there's plenty on the grid who don't deserve to stay in next year compared to him. Yeah. Worst that effect. Yeah. It was retweeted by actual Jensen Button after the race. Actual, oh, actual oh, Jensen oh, Button. Bless you. 
And I thought, well, now... Sound like a plea for I've help? I've said mediocre car. A driver who's completely on message and being a team player... Couldn't mm. say that. Couldn't say that. Mm. Mm. So does he already know that there's no chance of him sticking around? Mm. Or is he playing some kind of brinkmanship where he's like, I'll show you. He's just been a bit petulant, maybe. His tone was different at this race to any race previous. He was friendly sarcastic on the radio, The sarcastic he? radio mm. was terrific. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That says he's adopted a different mindset. If there's no seat for Jensen next year in Formula One, there's something wrong with Formula One, isn't there? Well, as I was trying to say in this tweet that was then retweeted by the person it was about, weirdly, I think he's more able than many, many people who are Mm. there, but they're probably people who bring a lot of cash Mm. with them. And we know who a lot of them are. I don't think he's the supremest of the drivers in as much as he has those weaknesses. When it's well, not going his way, he sometimes seems to get a bit flustered. But when the car's with him, well, he's great. I mean, you saw him in that race in America. Uh, he, he did some great stuff. He has tremendous quality. He has, tre- he, he has massive experience. I love watching the cockpit views of Jensen driving. I just love seeing how smooth he is. Mm. He has a precision and a smoothness in the car that you don't see remarkable. in Philippa Massa. You notice yeah, how much Philippa Massa yeah, swore at the Bloody wheel? Yeah, you know, really? It's extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> He's Get, proper jerky. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why yeah. Jensen Button is sometimes referred to as the British Lip Professor. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's tremendous in those difficult changing conditions where it's hard to pick the right tyres. He's almost untouchable in those conditions. He's not up there with Lewis and Alonso, but he's easily a driver you'd pick above half of the rest of the grid in a moment, for me. Can I also bravely chuck in someone else up there? Hamilton, Alonso, I believe... Ricardo. Ricardo. Yeah. Uh, I knew yeah, you were going to say that. I am a big fan. Well, because I, 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 I bored yeah. you with my... I met yeah. him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I swooned a bit. No, but quite rightly so. We know he's great because he came into Vettel's team and went... <laughs> completely I didn't think he was going to do that and because he's done that A I'll admit I'm wrong hands up and B good lad well done and completing the circle Ricardo you know started at a lower order team was allowed to yeah, get yeah. his chops in order and then and now he's grown his chops yeah he yeah, really has grown his great chops <laughs> ok so if Button leaves Formula 1 F1 is in crisis and another and we'll leave in droves and another thing that we love passionately that I would say went through a crisis in this last fortnight is private space flight or any space well, flight well yeah because the Antares as yeah. well orbital science well, lost in Antares a private mission to resupply the ISS went pop and bang from Wallops Island actually it went wallop in Wallops Island is what it did which was rotten news mm. and then the worst possible news a few days later when the scale composite test program for the Virgin Galactic Spaceship 2, this one's called Enterprise, no one ever mentions that, this spacecraft is called Enterprise, this one, broke up during mm. testing, killed their test pilot, and seriously injured their other test pilot. Personally, for someone like me, and I know you guys too love a bit of that stuff, that's the worst possible news. Very but th- yeah. this sort of stuff happens in space flight, doesn't it? It is a very difficult and dangerous thing to do you know even nasa with the amount of money and experience that they have in the space industry have lost flights have lost crew when you're riding along with the amount of explosive power that you have to have in a rocket that's going to get anywhere useful out of the earth's gravity well or even just up to 100 kilometers or so anytime you're riding along with that much explosive power in a vehicle that is as light as you can make it Mm -hmm. It's going to be tricky. I don't know what the latest news is on the explanation of what happened, and it's probably wrong to speculate. But I follow a guy on Twitter who was there. 
he was at Mojave when it happened and he reported that he thought he saw the motor start, stop and then restart. Which made me think, yikes, if the motor stops, what do you do? You feather the aircraft because Spaceship 2's design allows it to fold the wings up at 90 degrees to create so much drag that it allows it to return to Earth without burning up the fuselage. I wondered at the time if... Okay, the motor hasn't fired. Feather, and then the motor fired again. But is that what happened? Do we know? Well, as I say, you're very careful with speculation, mm. and we don't know what happened. But from the information that, as far as I'm aware, has come out in the last couple of days, yeah, the motor did fire. The motor didn't explode. The bits were recovered intact on the ground. And the break was caused by the feathering mechanism yeah. deploying yeah. and the craft The craft would have folded. It's not designed to operate at those sort of velocities with, well, yeah. with the motor running, with it feathered. Well, it will tear it apart. It just will. It's obvious. Well, you may be right about that. I'm not sure. What I believe to be the case is that the crash investigators said that there's a two-stage process to unlock and deploy the feathering mechanism. Mm-hmm. And one of the pilots had initiated the first stage of that they'd unlocked the feathering mechanism but they hadn't then sort of you know they hadn't then uh, worked the lever to Mm. actually deploy the feathering mechanism but the feathering mechanism had deployed nonetheless i guess that's one of the things they're looking into also the feathering mechanism would normally have been deployed at a higher speed and a later stage in the flight because but not they, under power. But not under power, correct. Mm. Yeah, because the feathering is part of the re-entry thing. The way the thing works. It's work. about Mach 1.4 when they feather, and it brings it down to Mach 1, as I understand. And then, but and always then when the motor's yeah. not burning, that's a different thing. The load is in a completely different place, isn't it? Yeah. I worry because I get really excited about the idea that maybe before the end of my lifetime... I might find that trips to near space are cheap enough that I might be able to afford that as a treat in my old age. And I think this incident this week has been a bigger setback than the first space shuttle disaster Challenger was. Because this is financed by individuals. It's almost a crowdfunded project if you think about it. There are lots of people who've paid their deposit to do this. My concern is that... Even though they've paid their deposit, these people are wealthy enough to quietly walk away, but you won't get tens of thousands or even thousands of people ready to go on a craft which has some sort of flaw at this stage. I didn't want it to be, and I don't believe it has a major flaw. I think all these flaws are fixable. I just think people get scared. Yeah, who knows how people's perception of the project will change. change. But yeah, until we know more about the crash... Mm. it's all speculation at the least it's a major setback but yeah mm. like you are, I love the idea of being able in principle to take a flight into space on a private suborbital hopper of some kind yeah, um, if it's true that the motor didn't explode I think it's a great relief for the people who are running Bloodhound SSC whose motor is of a similar concept not exactly the same very similar I also a hybrid rocket which has a rocket. liquid oxygen yeah. and a solid yeah. rubber sun, in the yeah. case of Bloodhound plastic in the case of Virgin as I understand now but who knows we'll be watching carefully we wish them well and we mourn the loss of Brave Man you've been listening to Zog and Richard goodbye and me Gareth see ya to send us an email see pictures get song lyrics join our Facebook fan site follow us on Twitter or to find out about sponsorship opportunities go to garethjones.tv Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed Woo! <laughs>